Yeah. Which is awesome, but he's sometimes a little less interactive. So if I need somebody to say something, it's all on you this morning. It's all on you, Roland. You heard it here first. So the reason why I could not resist entitling this Repeat the Sounding Joy is that when we were caroling last week, we couldn't remember one of the verses to Joy to the World. And I said, it's the, my favorite one. It's the one that ends with Repeat the Sounding Joy. And until we finally broke down and Googled it, we just decided to intersperse our caroling in between songs by just saying, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sound, whenever we just couldn't think of what to sing. And so I loved that this week's MailChimp was entitled, repeat the sounding joy, because if you can't think of what to say, what better? Um, but what's super interesting about having a Sunday of joy right now is that we are in the season of Advent. And Advent, like if you look at the colors that are at the back, they're sort of dark colors. And the other colors on the Advent wreath are purple, except I had to switch over because this week's pink. It's okay, but I just need it to be pink because I'm going to talk about it now. <laughs> so I had to just switch that. Um, but we have the pink candle. So right in the middle of Advent, can anybody remember some of the things that we think about or talk about in the season of Advent? What's Advent about before Christmas? Judah, what do you think of? Waiting, right? Waiting. We're thinking about, it's, it's purple actually in the traditional, like the, the wider Christian church, whenever there's purple colors, or if you go to a church where a priest or a pastor, where he or she is wearing robes, the colors of those robes are purple, and purple is actually a sad color. We wear it during Lent, and we put it up during Lent, and we also put it up during Advent, and a lot of the season is about waiting and kind of thinking about the fact that Jesus hasn't come yet. We know Jesus did come, we know that Jesus is always coming to us, but how many people have noticed this week that the world is still not perfect? Still not perfect. There's still sad stuff happening. Still people around you are not always as nice to you as you wish they would be. We still know that we're living in that time that our vineyard scholar friends call the already and the not yet. So Jesus already came, but the world's not perfect yet. But right in the middle of Advent, two purple candles, there's a pink candle. When I was a little girl, my family went to the Catholic church and we observed Advent. My mom and dad still go and I still love to visit the Catholic church. I have a very, very rich heritage from that. And but the Catholics, they don't do peace, joy on the other things. It was like, I don't remember what it was, but it was like the sadness week and the waiting week and the things are not right yet week. And I've always been a very positive person and I used to hang on and I used to wait for the pink candle. Yes, finally, pink candle Sunday, Sunday of joy. But it's so interesting because... I feel like I have learned more about joy in the last few years as a grown-up 
than I have known maybe in my whole life. Because I used to think that joy was the same thing as happiness. So if you try and think, if you saw some, can somebody just take for a minute and think, did you see somewhere or someplace or something or somebody that was joyful this week? Okay, take a second and think about that. Okay, anybody got one that they're willing to share? Somewhere where they saw joy this week? Something that was joyful? Yes? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. Extravagant. So for those listening online, Lynn's just sharing about being at a Christmas party with somebody that didn't just wear an ugly Christmas sweater but wore a whole Christmas suit. Was extravagant with joy. And it's so interesting because when I was thinking about joy, the two places where I saw joy in the last week, it was super interesting. And this might be surprising. But the two places that I really saw joy this past week were at a funeral and a car accident. And those were unexpected places to see joy. Can anybody think about why? Why would you see joy at a funeral? What do you think anybody is allowed to answer? Yeah? So... The person is in heaven. Yeah, Scott, did you have another thought? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a really hard funeral. It was a funeral that we had here last week for little baby Benjamin, Flory. And one of the things that I thought was really amazing was baby Benjamin's mom and dad were so honest. They said things during the funeral like, I really miss my baby. I really wish I could still hold my baby. But the mom also said things like, I never thought I'd have so many days with my baby. And I got to show my baby Christmas lights. And I got to show my baby this and that. But they were really sad during that funeral. Really sad. But then, do you know what they did afterwards? They had a party downstairs with all their friends. And all the kids played our foosball table. And it was so cool because nobody told them to be quiet. Nobody said, shh, this is very serious. This is a funeral. You've got to be quiet. Anytime the ball would go, go out the foosball table, I took a picture for Dean and Rose who gave us that foosball table. Anytime the ball would go out the foosball table, the kids would go, like this. And all the parents would, yay. And some of their friends bought their new baby. The new baby was only 10 days old. And the mommy and the daddy whose baby just died held the new baby. And they smiled and they laughed. And I thought, oh my goodness. This is what being a follower of Jesus looks like. It doesn't mean that we made all the sad parts go away. That's what Advent's about. We know the sad stuff is here, don't we? All of us had hard stuff happen this week. And yet, it was okay to still have a party because they knew their baby was with Jesus. 
But both those things happened at the same time. And I was thinking when I was getting this sermon ready, I don't think that joy is the opposite of sad. I bet you somebody smart said something about this already. So I Googled it. I love Google. And a teacher named Timothy Keller said this smart thing about joy. He said, the opposite of joy is not sadness. It's hopelessness. And I thought, that's so true. There's actually even a verse where the Apostle Paul is writing to one of the churches, and he says, I want to talk to you about dying. Because we don't, we don't get sad as Christians like people that have no hope. We get sad like people that have hope. So the other place I saw joy this week that was so weird that I never expected joy to be was I was at a car accident. I happened to be the first person that walked along right after this car accident happened. I was actually talking to Lynn on the phone. And I said, hold on a second. I think there's been a car accident here. And there were two ladies standing on the side of the road. And the accident was kind of bad. But they both got out of their cars. But the lady that had been hit by the other lady, she was mad. She didn't want to talk. She didn't want to look at the other lady. And I don't blame her, because that other lady had just hit her car, and she hit her car hard. There was not a lot of joy. I did not expect to see it. But I thought about a couple of things. I thought about the time where I had a bad car accident. Has anybody ever been in a car accident, grown-ups or kids? It's all, Look around a second. Look around. Look how many of us have been in car accidents. It's awful. It's awful. And those first few minutes after you have a car accident, you can be really stunned. You don't know what to do. And I actually had been with a really good friend of mine two days before. And she had told me about how she just had a car accident and how nobody helped. Nobody helped her. Nobody helped her get the names, anything. So I was just, I'd just been thinking about that. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to stand here and help. So these ladies, they wouldn't talk to each other, but they both were willing to talk to me. And we managed to get the ambulance there, and I talked to one of them, and we wrote this stuff down. And then I talked to the other person, and we wrote the stuff down. But then I started saying things to both of them. Like, I went to the one lady who'd been driving the car, and she didn't have very much English, and I said, you're doing great. You're doing okay. This is awful. But you didn't mean to hit her. You're doing such a good thing just by staying here. Just staying here and talking is the right thing to do. And she went, oh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay. And then I went to the other lady and said, this is so hard. This is really hard. This is so scary. You're doing such a good job. You must be so scared. And she went, oh, yeah. I was really scared. Oh, this is awful. And they both started to talk. So then the fireman came. Anyway, all this stuff happened. But they both were willing to talk to me. And I wasn't doing anything except I was taking my bad thing. I do not wish I had my car accident. My car accident I had was terrible. Pax was a baby and Sophia was little and our car was smashed and I didn't know what to do. But all the people that helped me at the accident, I was right down here. I got out of my car and I stood in the middle of the street and all the wonderful people in this neighborhood, I said, my kids are in the car and I don't know what to do. And everybody came and helped me. So then I just copied the thing that I'd seen somebody else do. And that's what Jesus does 
when we give him our hard times. He takes our hard times, and if we share them, he actually turns them into something that can be good, right? Those of you who are reading the Advent devotional that Sandra wrote, it's so beautiful. Again, today, it talks about he takes beautiful things. So I just kept talking to one lady and talking to the other lady, and then finally we determined not, nobody could drive their cars, and I said, my house is two blocks away. I'm going to go get my car. I'm going to come back and pick you up. We're going to take your groceries. We're going to take you home. So at the very end, one lady was standing on this side of my car, and one lady was standing on the other side of my car, and the lady who'd been hit, she finally turned and she looked at the lady that had hit her, and that was all it took. And the lady that hit her said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And she reached out her arms and the other lady let her hug her. And they hugged and then they both cried and she said, it's okay, it's okay, it's all right. And then they both turned to me and said, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, thank you so much. And I thought, I did not expect that. I did not expect that. So our story today is all about how we can bring gifts to God and to other people. And, oh, and I was just going to say this reading that we read this morning is all about that, encouraging people. God, you're the one who saves us. Just like to that lady, you're doing great. We're trusting you. We're not going to be afraid. You keep us safe. You will have joy like water that's brought up from a well. Papa Gordy, when we were praying today, he had this picture. He said, I feel like joy today is not going to be like a pump at a campsite. They have to pump and pump and pump for water, right? That joy comes up like wells. And that's what these, re these readings are like. You're going to praise God. You're going to sing to him. You're going to say about what God's done. This thing of singing for joy. And so this is the most amazing things. When we actually take hard things and share them with other people, so my hard car accident, or actually, you know, one of the reasons why I was able to help the people whose baby just died is because I have other friends whose babies have died. And I wish that that had never happened. But it taught me things, and then I got to help this other family. So none of those are good things. And God doesn't expect us to say those hard things are good, but you know what he promises? That he's going to be with us, with us, with us, with us, with us. And when we share them, it turns to joy. When we allow God in our hard times, God's with us, and God brings us joy. And so this is the story is all about what gifts we can bring to God. But it's so funny, sometimes we think we have to bring the most bright, shiny present, our best thing ever. And God just wants us to bring him us, right? Whatever our thing is that day, whether we're good, bad, happy, sad, that's what we get to bring. So we're going to watch our kids' church video, and we do get to skip around, which is kind of fun, because usually we wouldn't talk about the Christmas story yet in Advent, but kids' church is talking about it, so we get to do it twice. So we're going to go ahead and watch this video together. It's about five minutes. Shh, I'm 
on an undercover Christmas mission. Be very, very quiet. <sighs> okay. Hey, my name's Tyson. My friends call me Ty. And this room belongs to my friend Haley. And as you can see, she is kind of into sports, which is cool. So I can't wait to show her compassion. Compassion is caring enough to do something about someone else's need. Now it should be pretty easy to find out what Haley needs. Then I can give her the best Christmas present ever. It'll be something sportsy, you know, of course, like a, what doesn't she have? I've never seen a roller skate, like a, like a pair of new roller skates. Um, oh man, she's already got a pair of new roller skates. All right, well not roller skates then. Um, basketball, basketball. Oh, she's already got a basketball. Hmm, maybe, what else, what else? Baseball bat. I bet she doesn't have a baseball bat. Wow, she's got a nice baseball bat. Look at this thing. Whew, man, that thing's nice. Um, scuba gear, scuba gear. I bet she doesn't have any scuba gear. She's already got scuba gear. I bet she, that's right, she went scuba last year. She did a camp, that's right. What do you get for a person that already has everything? I don't know, some people are just hard to shop for. But you know what, no matter what I get, Haley, it doesn't even come close to the gift you'll hear in today's story. Mmm, dartboard. No dartboard, I bet she doesn't have a dartboard, she doesn't play dart. She already has a dartboard. Oh, okay. Ping pong balls. No ping pong balls, I bet she doesn't have ping pong Verses 1 to 7. Mary lifted the empty water jar and carefully opened the door. Every step she took was difficult now that she was carrying the weight of a baby ready to be born. In the small courtyard, Mary found her new husband, Joseph, polishing the rockers on a beautiful cradle. <sighs> if this doesn't put the baby to sleep, I can always take him out for a ride on the donkey. It's perfect, Joseph. Wait, wait, what are you doing? You, you should be resting. I can carry a jar of water. I'm coming with you. You know, everyone will laugh if they see you carrying water. Fetching water was a job that only women did, but Joseph took the jar anyway. Fine, let him laugh. Together, they stepped out into the path in front of their home. From here, they could nearly see the whole town of Nazareth perched on the rocky hillside. Their neighbors and families worked hard to grow crops in the dry ground and tend to small flocks of animals, but no one had much to live on, especially after paying taxes to their Roman rulers. I know Nazareth isn't much, but it would be such a good place for a little boy. Shouts broke the morning still of the small village. People poured out of their homes as a messenger galloped up the dusty path, bright red cape flying behind him. Is this really all there is to this pathetic provincial town? 
Hey, fella, we like it here. It's our home. Joseph, don't give him a reason to single you out. The Romans ruled over God's people, the Jews, and would be quick to punish anyone they viewed as a troublemaker. Caesar Augustus has ordered a census. Do peasants know what a census is? No one dare to answer. Simpletons. Caesar commands that you travel to the town from whence your family originates in order to be counted. Do you adulpates understand? Yeah, Caesar's gonna make us pay more taxes. <laughs> Fools. You should be grateful that Caesar owns your wretched lives. With that, the messenger charged off, leaving only a cloud of dust behind. <coughs> your family's hometown, Joseph. That's Bethlehem. Ah, it's terrible timing. Maybe if I hurry, I can be back before the baby comes. Back? I'm coming with you to Bethlehem. We'll stay with your family. It's nearly a week of walking. And? And you're about to have a baby. I can do that in Bethlehem. <sighs> I'm not going to talk you out of this, am I? Do you think the cradle's too heavy to pack? Mary and Joseph soon set out on the road to Bethlehem. The trail grew rocky and oftentimes steep as they climbed into the hills. Mary kept a steady pace, but by the time they finally reached Bethlehem, she was exhausted. This baby is coming soon. My relatives will have a room for us. There was just one problem. Everyone who came from Bethlehem had returned home to be counted. Every inn and family home was filled to capacity. Hi, I I'm Joseph, your fourth cousin twice removed, Jacob's son. Bless your heart. I remember when you were just an itty bitty thing trailing around after your daddy, picking up crickets to chew on. Yeah, um, uh, we're here for the census and we need a place to stay. Oh, goodness knows. I'd give you a spot, but we've got great uncle Moshe in the front room and cousin Simon and his three sets of twins in the back room and all Ezra's boys and their families packed in the upper room. <laughs> oh, Joseph, please. Uh, we aren't picky, but you can see my, my wife, we, we need a place to stay right now. Oh, that I do see. There's a bit of space where the animals stay. Can't say it's clean, but it'll be warm enough. Well, I don't, uh... We'll take it. Mary and Joseph settled into their room and met their unconventional roommates. I'll just pile up the hay over here. I, oh, think you took someone's dinner. Late that night, Mary gave birth to a brand new baby boy, God's son, Jesus. He's, uh, really red and a little squashy. That's what all new babies look like. He's perfect. Mary wrapped her son tightly in strips of cloth. Oh, look, he just nodded off to sleep. I should have packed the cradle. The cow's feeding trough. I suppose it'll do. Joseph added more clean hay to the manger, and Mary gently laid Jesus inside. Then they watched as God's son, king of the whole world, took a nap. God's greatest gift to his people had arrived in the most unexpected package. The greatest gift 
ever given came over 2,000 years ago when God sent his son Jesus down to Bethlehem. You know, that's a big reason why we have gifts at Christmas time, because of God's gift to us. Hey, that's a good reason to give no matter what time of year it is. We give not only to show others how much they mean to us, but to show God we see what he's done for us. And giving doesn't have to be hard, even if you don't think you have anything to give. There's more ways to give than just buying stuff. You know, you can give your time. Spend time with someone doing their favorite thing. You can uh, give your talent or draw a picture or write a poem or a song. Ooh, and you can give your energy too. Help do chores with your mom or around the community. Giving gifts is important, whether it's something you, you can hold in your hands or remember in your heart. It shows others you care and it reminds you of what God did for us when he sent Jesus. That's the one thing I learned today. God gave us the greatest gift. You know what? And I've thought about what I'm going to get Haley for Christmas, and it won't cost me a penny. I'm going to make her a new sport. Um, using, what am I going to use? Uh, ooh, this lacrosse stick. Yeah. Uh, ooh, this baseball mitt, and mm, this basketball. And I'm going to call it basket basy cross it's gonna be something really cool i promise you it's gonna be really cool it'll be way cooler later i gotta just think about it and process it you know i think she's really gonna love it though okay um okay you could throw the base no throw the basketball with the lacrosse stick catch it in the mitt if you catch in the mitt you get one point and if you don't catch it you get a negative point and if if you don't play you get zero points of course So that was super interesting. That guy in the end started thinking about gifts that like he wasn't even buying up and wrapping. And um, I was the reason I put this verse in here was just because it's another one of our lectionary readings. And it's this thing again in the Bible about singing for joy. But in this verse in Zephaniah, it's about how God sings over us when he's happy with us. So... Um, as I already, my favorite Christmas carol is Joy to the World. I love that. And when I was thinking about giving gifts, I was thinking about that verse that says, let every heart prepare him room. And so when you're thinking about gifts you can give, I thought this was really interesting. We had a party this week. Now, first of all, it's interesting because we actually kind of cleaned our house already. So this was supposed to be the before messy picture. Our house gets way messier than this. But this was before the party. But I wanted to show you this is what we did to get ready for our friends to come. And while we were doing it, I was thinking, ah, oh, this is like preparing room for God. But it says in your heart, prepare some room. So we're going to take a minute and um, in just a second, and we're going to have an opportunity to respond. I, I did ask if we could sing Joy to the World, because why not? But we're going to think about how you could prepare. That one's a little bit more realistic. See, somebody left their pajamas on the floor. There's some pizza on the table there. And then we got ready later, and you can see there's just... You totally recognize that. You've been in my house a lot. Yep. Um, but that's what it looked like when we prepared room. And so this is the amazing thing about joy. We're not disqualified from joy just because we're going through a hard time. It doesn't mean that we don't get to feel joy at Christmas or during Advent just because things are tough. And if you are in a spot right now in your life where things are going great, 
you also are not disqualified from joy. But what's amazing is that when we prepare room in our hearts or we share our hard times, just like our friend, my friends who had been through really hard times and they lost their kids, they shared those times with me. And then it's like communion, isn't it? Something gets broken, but then we share it and it gets blessed and something happens again. So while we sing... This is just like Sandra's devotional today. We're kind of like the dusty hay. These are strips of hay. But what I was hoping you guys would like to do is think of something that you could give to somebody else or to Jesus. And that you'd be willing to come up and let that be one of the things that you bless Jesus with this year. So we're going to sing joy to the world, but I want to invite what what would feel better for you I just was trying to figure out how to pass out pens or paper is it okay if you come I just don't really okay so come like it's communion but not communion you can come when you're ready and you can write down if you have a gift of joy or maybe it's a thing where your heart needs to prepare room so you want to give that thing that's in your heart you want to move that to prepare room for Jesus to come maybe that's what you're going to put in Jesus manger but we're going to finish our time together with joy to the world. So I'll invite everyone to stand. And if you want to come, you can do that. And we're going to give God glory for who he is. Oh, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive.
Repeat the sounding joy. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, our carol night a week ago. So uh, just let that, let that well just spring up this week. It doesn't have to be forced. If you just wait for it, it'll come. That joy will come. Joy comes in the morning. Morning isn't something you can make happen. You just wait for it. You expect, expect it. And every morning when I go on my prayer walk, I always thank God for his faithfulness and that the sunrise reminds me of his faithfulness, of his chesed, his unfailing love. And that joy comes with that. So thank you, Joanna. Beautiful. So in, in that spirit, we're going to uh, continue our worship with some food. So uh, we're going to give thanks here. I'm going to invite Dan, one of our elders, to come and pray and give thanks for the food. And if you're here and you missed out on the sign-up, please don't worry about that. There's always enough. It just seems like God multiplies the generosity. So we want you all to stay. And there will be a little bit of a program, a little bit of a... Uh, um, presentation not long but uh, it'll be it'll be short and just a little family time so we really would like you to join so is Anna here is she gone already she's already gone so uh, just uh, to explain before we pray there's two ways you can go downstairs you can go down uh, through the stairwell but we're going to be using the lift so maybe we could uh, get um, the uh, folks to help with the the people that need Help with the lift to get ready for that. It's probably better if the rest of us just go down the outside stairs and, and down that way and then come back into the, the, uh, the door that way. I think that's probably the best. And there's also uh, this way. It's not quite in order for picking up the food, but you can also get down this way as well. There's a little windy stair staircase as well. So just take care when you're going down the stairs. Use the handrails and... And take your time. We won't uh, eat without you. Um, yeah, I think Anna wanted us to just go right into the lineup. I think so. Yeah. So that's kind of why we're going to pray here. So good. So thank you for being with us today. And we're going to pray. Okay. So thank you, Father God, that we're here as your family, as your people. Thanks, we can reflect on the season and what you've done for us, what you're doing in us, and the many, 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 many gifts we have to share with each other and you. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. So uh, when you go into the lower hall, you'll notice it's kind of set up like a family living room. There are some kind of tables you can eat at, but there's also some couches and chairs so just kind of think of it as family, and uh, we'll just take our time. Like I say, we're, we're not going to hurry this. Just begin to make your way downstairs, and um, we'll see you down there. <laughs>